Thank you for listening to the City Lights podcast. You can visit us on Sundays, 10 a.m. at 4100 20th Street in Greeley. We hope you enjoy the message. Well, good morning. How are you guys today? Happy 5th of July. I hope you guys had a great 4th. Clearly, Kurt, Pastor Kurt and Emily are not here, so you guys get me today. Uh-oh, just kidding. I'm just kidding. Hey, our pastors are getting some much-needed rest and relaxation. And um, as a church, we are happy to get behind them and encourage them to go. They are um, they're actually gone this weekend. They, they hit the hill, hills, hit the mountains. Uh, and they, we, we received, a few of us received a video. I, I cannot play it because my husband told me it was too small. But, but they're letting loose. And our pastor, Kurt, is pulling out some dance moves in this, uh, you know, in this environment. They've got some live music going, and he's out there, like, doing this, like, okay, that looks a little bit more like Fortnite, sort of. My kids are probably cringing in the front row. You guys are probably cringing, too, right here. Um, It's not Fortnite, but it is great. It's great to see them just getting some family time. Be praying for our pastors. Be praying for them, guys. This is a crazy season that they are navigating. They need time to rest and get fresh word from the Lord, and um, they need the backing of our prayers. They need our support. So continue praying for them. Um, Real quickly, because I have the microphone, my son Evan, he leads or, or plays on the worship team a lot. He's the blondie with the glasses. Today is his 20th birthday, and he's not here yet, right? He's not here. He's actually working, but I know he's live streaming. So happy birthday, Evan. We love you, and, uh, and we're going to party here in a couple hours, so it'll be great. All right. How many are ready to get into the word? We got a word today, and it's, it's going to be good. Today, I want to talk about being positioned for strength. Philippians 4.13 says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I, you, we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. Our strength is found in Christ, and our strength is Christ. And the good news is that he already did his end of the bargain. He already completed his work. But you and I have a part to play now. And that's what I want us to spend our time talking about, is how we partner with him and live and move and operate in strength. Be positioned for it. How many of you felt like your strength has been wavered a little bit in the last three to six months? Yep. This is the time for the church to rise up in strength. All right, I want to begin by looking at two parallel scriptures. They're very similar, but let's read through them. We're going to go to Psalm 1, and we're also going to look at Jeremiah 17, and then we'll unravel this thing a little bit. All right, Psalm 1, 1 through 3. It said, Blessed is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked, or stand in the way that sinners take, or sit in the company of mockers but whose delight is in the law of the Lord and who meditates on his law day and night. That person is like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in season and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever they do prospers. How many want to be that person? Everything you do prospers. It's possible. It's the word. 
All right, let's look at Jeremiah 17. Let's read 7 and 8. It said, but blessed is the one who trusts in the Lord, whose confidence is in him. They will be like a tree planted by water that sends out its roots by the stream. It does not fear when heat comes. Its leaves are always green. It has no worries in the year of drought, and it never fails to bear fruit. Before we get too far, I want to look at those, the word blessed used in both by, by David and Psalm and by Jeremiah and Jeremiah. Those are actually two different words. And it's important that we understand the positioning of both of them as you and I move in strength. The first blessed used by David is a, um, it, it means to be happy or in a blissful state. Okay? It's, it's talking about our emotions. And it means, it's telling us that, that we need to take an emotional state, that there, it is possible to be in a happy state. And the way we do that when things are difficult, when we're not feeling happy, is we meditate on the law. We go to the word, don't we? David only had the Torah. He was in the process of living out and, and writing the rest of the Old Testament. He didn't have the entire Bible. So for you and I, yes, it is the entire word that we are to meditate on day and night. But it goes a little bit beyond that. This word actually is, um, David is saying, I, I'm going to meditate on the way that God has dealt with me. That almost sounds like a negative context, but it's actually not. David would spend time thinking about, man, in my youth, I, let me, I'm going to remember being a shepherd, a shepherd boy out, just spending time with the Lord and writing my songs and praise and worship. And strength would come upon me and I would take down that lion and I would take down that bear. I'm going to remember that. And I'm going to remember the time that I came into the presence of, of my brothers and, uh, and I was anointed king when other people didn't think that I was qualified and how God dealt with me there and how he was good and faithful to me. And I remember after I was anointed king that Saul, this man that I loved and I honored and served was after me. And those dark nights when I was hiding in a cave and he was out to kill me, I'm going to dwell, God, on how you protected me and you brought me through and you were faithful and you strengthened me. And you mustered me to continue to pursue and go forth. This is the strength we're talking about. And he's also talking about, God, I remember how you dealt with me when I had an affair. When I got a woman pregnant, a married woman pregnant. And I put her husband on the front line and had him killed. And God, in your mercy, in your compassion, in your love for me, you brought me to repentance. You brought me the prophet Nathan, called me on my stuff. That's how you dealt with me. When we meditate on the Lord, when we, when we take that posture, that bliss, we can get to that blissful, happy state by meditating on everything he's done in the past. And it gives us hope to move into the future. Amen? Now, Jeremiah is going to give us a different position here. The word blessed that Jeremiah gives us is actually a, a physical posture. It, it gives us a picture of a person that has a knee bent. Okay, think of like a, um, a king. When his men approach the throne, what do they do? They bow. It's a humbling, it's a salute 
It's a yielding. They approach the king. The king gives orders, and they trust him. Their trust is in him, even to the point of death. The person that is positioned for strength, the man and woman positioned for strength, is meditating on the Lord. It's an emotional, blissful, happy state. Even when things are rough, we go back to that state, and it is a person who is yielded to the Lord Jesus Christ. The word goes on to tell us in those two scriptures that this person is compared and likened to a tree, a very specific tree, a fruit tree. And it's important to kind of look at scriptures and see where else and what we can gain as we look at fruit trees. So we're going to go to Ezekiel 47. Ezekiel's getting this little tour, actually it's probably a really cool tour, of the temple um, in, in the spirit. He's being led around by a man of God. It could be an angel. It could be Christ himself. We don't know. But I want to read one specific passage. It's Ezekiel 47, 12. And let's get a little more insight to some fruit trees. It says, fruit trees of all kinds will grow on both banks of the river. Their leaves will not wither, nor will their fruit fail. Every month they will bear fruit because the water from the sanctuary flows to them. Their fruit will serve as food and their leaves as healing. Fruit trees will grow along this river. I'm not going to spend a whole lot of time, but I want to, well, let me say this. I want to talk about three conditions, three aspects of fruit trees. I want to look at this real quickly. The first one is the water, is where these fruit trees are positioned. Most of us already know this. Right? A tree, if it's going to be healthy, it's got to be positioned by good, a good water source. Right? This river that is flowing out of the sanctuary represents the presence and the glory of God. The way you and I stay positioned for strength and we stay strong is we've got to be saturated and submersed in the glory and the presence of God. Every day. Now, it may not feel that way every day. I know there's mornings I wake up and read like a passage and I'm all, eh, okay, that's a good one. Here we go. You know, you're not feeling the, the, the presence necessarily, but it is there. And what you're doing is you're positioning yourself that when he's ready to flood you, you're like, I'm all ready, God. I'm all in. Let's do this. So water source, the water source. Jesus said of himself that he is the living water. If you drink from him, you will thirst no more. Moses' face was literally changed in the glory, in the presence. We have to stay connected to the presence and the glory. We have to continue to seek after the glory and the presence. Okay, the second one is the tree. This tree produces fruit. Fruit. It's interesting in Genesis, when God created the earth, when he created this garden, he put fruit trees in there, and he put them in there for two specific reasons. This fruit was to be good for food and pleasing to the eye. Good for food and pleasing to the eye. I'm going to tell you, I'm going to be a little vulnerable with you. When I would read Psalm 1 and Jeremiah 17, I always, um, I kind of read it as like, 
yeah, I want to be the blessed man, and I'm going to be blessed, and my marriage is going to be blessed, and my kids are going to be blessed, and my house is going to be blessed. It was me, 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 me. And as I was studying this, I realized the fruit produced in our lives is supposed to be attractive. I'm not going to spend all day in the mirror. Believe it or not, I'm not one of those people that takes my phone and takes selfies of me all day. Yeah, woo, how we looking? Right? No, 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 no. That's not the fruit we're to produce. Yes, that's true. Those things are included. Our lives should be blessed. But the fruit that we're going to talk about is actually the fruit of the Spirit. That's what should be produced in our lives. That's what should be attractive to the world and attracting the world to Jesus. Okay, let's look at Galatians 5, 22 and 23. I want us to read it together. And as we read it, I want you to allow the Holy Spirit to meddle with you a little bit. And I want you to say, okay, how, how we do in God as we read each of these, how, how are these fruit, how's this fruit being produced in my life? It's good to let the Holy Spirit meddle with us a little bit. Let's do it. Galatians 5, 22, 23. Here we go. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance. That means patience. Patience. Okay. Keep going. Kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things, there is no law. Amen. Guys, anytime we have thoughts, we have actions, we have um, attitudes that counteract this fruit, we got to recheck our position. We've got to go emotionally, mentally, we've got to go, God, am I submersed in you? Am I thinking about you? Am I meditating on you? Or am I reacting in fear and anxiety? Because there's peace. The fruit of the Spirit is peace. That should be evident in our lives. People should look at the church and say, my goodness, how are you going through a pandemic with joy? How are you going through a pandemic in peace? What do you have? Jesus Christ, right? Amen. When, when I don't know about you, but when I don't understand something, I, I can't fix it. And when I can't fix it, I get frustrated. This pandemic's a great example of that, but there's many other things, right? We want to, we want to fix things. Uh, a, a couple of years back, man, in our circle of friends and family, we got slammed with some mental illness. Slammed. It was coming right and left. And we were like, what the heck? There is some serious bondage and oppression coming over the people of God. And I remember one morning getting a terrible call from um, a family member. And I went to my closet because I had been praying and petitioning the Lord for healing and release of this stuff. I hit my knees in the closet and I said, God, fix it. Fix it. Do something. Do you know what he said to me right away? He said, you do something. He spoke to my spirit. He said, you do something. And immediately a wave of authority came on me. And he said, I already did my part at the cross. 
I've released the authority that I bought back that Satan tried to steal from mankind. I already purchased that back. I gave it to you. You do something. And I knew in that moment, I was like, okay, authority's rising up. You know what I have power to do? I have power to pray. I have power to go back, as David talked about, and to meditate on the goodness and the wonderful things and the faithfulness that God has done for me and these individuals. And I begin to proclaim those over their, their lives. And then I begin to speak into their future. I begin to prophesy and say, no, no, no weapon is going to be formed against them. It is not going to prosper. Their lives are full of hope, of, of life. And I began to speak that my prayer language changed. Authority came upon me. Church, I'm telling you, do something is the word of the Lord for you today in this hour. Do something. You do it. You've been given that authority. This is the fruit that we are to have in our lives. Speak peace over them. Speak love over them. Speak joy. Be patient. Be patient in waiting for the miracle. And I will tell you, those people are thriving today. They're thriving. I want to talk real quickly. Well, I want to read a story real quickly about the way Jesus dealt with, with fruit when it was not produced. He cursed the, the issue. He cursed the root. And that's the authority we get to walk in. Okay, here we go. Mark 11, beginning in verse 12, it said, The next day as they were leaving Bethany, Jesus was hungry. Seeing in a distance a fig tree and leaf, he went to find out if it had any fruit. When he reached it, he found nothing but leaves because it was not the season for figs. Then he said to the tree, may no one ever eat from you again. And his disciples heard him say it. Jump down to verse 20. In the morning, as they went along, they saw the fig tree withered from the roots. Peter remembered and said to Jesus, Rabbi, look, the fig tree you cursed is withered. Verse 22. Have faith in God, Jesus answered. Truly I tell you, if anyone says to this mountain, I want you to circle that word says if you have your Bible open. Says to this mountain, go throw yourself into the sea and does not doubt in their heart, but believes that what they say, we can circle that one again, will happen. It will be done for them. Therefore I tell you, whatever you ask, say in prayer, Believe that you have received it and it will be yours. And when you stand praying, if you hold anything against anyone, forgive, forgive them so that your Father in heaven may forgive you your sins. We've been given permission in this passage to curse things in our lives that go up against the fruit of the Spirit. Okay, you, we have permission to curse jealousy. We have permission to curse anger. We have permission to um, curse criticism. Curse it. Curse it over yourself and receive blessing. And things that are happening in other people, you don't get to curse people. That is silly. No, no, no. We love people. But when there's infirmity, when there's sickness, we curse it. We curse it at the root. A couple things about this passage I want to point out. First one is when it says in season. That fig tree was not in season. 
Yes, that does mean that it probably wasn't spring or whenever the figs come out. I don't know. But it actually is the Greek word kairos. That means an appointed time. God tells us we need to be ready in and out of season. We are living right now in a kairos moment of time. However, however things start, you know, uh, stabling out, it's actually going to change the course of history. And what are we going to do? We got to be ready in and out of season and curse those things that are not bringing glory to the kingdom. The other thing about this passage is the leaves, the leaves of this tree, they withered up. The leaves of the tree are way too important and way too powerful for us to look beyond. We got to pay attention to this. That's the third aspect or third condition of the tree I want us to pay attention to. If we look back at Ezekiel, it says their fruit will serve for food and their leaves for healing. Their leaves for healing. If you go to the very last chapter of the very last book of the Bible, Revelation 22.2. Let's look at this for a second. It says, on each side of the river, we're seeing the presence and the glory again, stood a tree of life bearing 12 crops of fruit, yielding its fruit every month. And the leaves of the tree are for the healing of the nations. They're for the healing of the nations. That literally means the cure for the earth. That's what it is. Jesus Christ did this. He bought it all. He paid for it all to heal the nations. How many of you would say the nations need healing right now? Jesus manifests himself in us. So guess what that means? There's healing in our leaves. There's healing in our leaves. This is a crazy story. I'll be honest with you. I don't understand everything about the word of God. But just because I don't understand doesn't mean we don't try. Right? We're going to take with what we're going to take what's written. We're going to learn, we're going to draw truth from it. We're going to try it and we're going to let him direct it and he's going to be in control of the outcome. But if he says there's healing in our leaves, we better believe there's healing in our leaves. And if he has given us that healing, we are the healing to the nations, to the earth. About 12 years ago, this is a crazy story I was going to tell you. Um, I went on my first missions trip to Africa. And um, we were doing a women's conference out there. And after the first session, we decided to do a joy tunnel. For those of you that don't know what a joy tunnel is, sounds really goofy, but it's really fun. Uh, you just Your leadership team or whoever uh, makes two lines and they face each other. And then you walk through it like you're walking through a tunnel. And you release joy. You can release fire. You can release all kinds of fun stuff. It's really great. It's fantastic. But I was there, and I was um, across. The person across from me was my good friend, Stephanie Besh. Some of you might know her. 
And we put our hands up. We were so pumped about this. We're like, yeah, we're going to release joy. Let's do this. We put our hands up together. And instantly, it's there. um, Instantly, they became moist and wet. And I looked at Steph and I said, man, you sweating over there, girl? She said, no, I'm fine. Are you sweating? And we both looked at each other. Like, what is that? Do you feel that? It's thick. It feels like oil. It feels like the healing balm of Gilead. What is that? And I'll be honest, in that moment, I had no idea. It wasn't until I began to study this message for today. I have several friends that are dealing with major sickness. And as I pray for them, as I've been studying, and as I've been praying for them, that, that moisture comes back. And I'm reminded, it's like, it's like God is just reminding me there's healing in your leaves. Do something. Do something and release it. I don't understand it entirely, but what I'm going to say to you guys is there is healing in your leaves, and it's time for us to do something. Thanks again for tuning into the City Lights podcast. We appreciate your support, and we'd love to fellowship with you. You can visit us on Sundays, 10 a.m. at 4100 20th Street in Greeley. Be sure to check out our website at citylights.church, where you can submit prayer requests, receive info on special events, and find our social media links. We're glad you could join us, and we hope you have a blessed week.